Welcome to the ministry of the International Christian Assembly in Southeast Spain. We are here for the purpose of worshipping God and reaching others with love. We pray that as you listen, you will be inspired and challenged in your walk with God. Good morning, everyone. Father, perhaps the, the most tranquil and heart-warming thought is, for me, that you are in control, that you are indeed the Lord that sits upon the throne, that absolutely nothing happens, Father, without your knowledge. And as we share your word this morning, we pray that your spirit would remind us, would challenge us, would speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I have a little sign up here for you, and it's a, can you fill the blank on that one? All right, let's go for the second one. So now you tell me, if patience is a virtue, can someone tell me what a virtue is? I mean, we say patience is a virtue. What is a virtue? So here we go, a virtue. I have it as a, particular, uh, a particularly efficacious, good, or beneficial quality. Particularly efficacious, good, or beneficial quality. We're going to talk about gratefulness today. Gratefulness, having a grateful heart. There's a lot of reasons why I wanted to talk about this. Partially, it's because, as you know, at the end of uh, the month, my wife and I, end of July, uh, my wife and I will be going back home for a short season. And part of that is to be gratefully present to our churches to say thank you for all that they did for us in uh, making these facilities possible. Anthropologists tell us that all known cultures have feasts dedicated to their gods for the purpose of gratitude. It's a, meant to be or should be something very natural in us. Now, why is that? Question, is it because gratitude is a virtue? Is gratitude a virtue? Just something good and beneficial that we do? Uh, or was it placed in the heart of man by his creator? Did God place in the heart of man a need to be grateful? So gratitude, here we go. Let's just, what does it mean or what is what we're talking about? Gratitude is a significant subject to our soul and to our well-being. When you meet people that are not grateful, it, it, it rubs you wrong, doesn't it? You know there's something wrong when the person shows no gratitude for anything. Um, the lack of gratitude is credited for the following. Failed marriages, failed ministries, 
careers, relationships, and the list can go on. So we're going to speak first to the thought of a virtue. Number one, here's the question. Number one, is it a virtue or a command? A virtue or a command? Gratitude. Now, we, uh, we actually read two passages that sound the same, but have a very small difference in them. Ephesians, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then Paul adds, for this is the will of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, again Paul writes, except here he sort of words are just a little different. He says, give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks always and for everything. And if you really notice the detail, it's First uh, Thessalonians says, give thanks in all. And Ephesians says, give thanks for all. And there is a difference in it, for it. In both cases, we're told to give thanks. What is God's perspective of us in this area? How serious or not serious does he take the thought of gratefulness? I think that culture plays a part in, of course, what we learn, what we do. And some cultures seem to be more thankful outward. Others are just more thankful in how they respond in their actions. But in either case, when the two cultures meet, they might find it to be a bit of a clash. Uh, for us, uh, it has been interesting as we have come to know different cultures that saying thank you is not always a good thing. And you think, how can saying thank you be not a good thing? Well, it depends how that culture perceives the source of thankfulness. And if you want a little more detail to that, come to me and I'll, I just don't want to reveal too much of individual cultures at this point. But God's perspective on this is as follows. If you go to the book of Romans chapter 1, which didn't entail chapter 1 is such a, such a serious and very important chapter. Let me read to you verse 20 and 21. For his invisible attributes, and he names them, speaking of God's invisible attributes, he names just two of them. His eternal power and divine nature, he says, have been clearly perceived. Now, that's more complicated than it seems. As a matter of fact, I had a whole class on it in Nicaragua on on what is called natural revelation. Natural revelation. What Paul is saying, without this writing, we wouldn't know this, by the way. We really wouldn't. But he says, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Who is the day? Humanity, mankind. 
Paul is saying we are without excuse because God has revealed himself to us in natural ways. And then he says in verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or gave thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then if you read on, you'll find that what God did is he turned them over to their own sin. And thankfulness is part of that which God sees as lacking and is not happy. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, um, Paul writing to Timothy uh, tells him that in the latter days, and we'll read this, verse 1, but understand is that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. We'll be paying taxes and prices will be really high and let's not even talk about petrol. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. Why would God stop and simply tell us that in this list of really not nice things that are yet to come lies on grateful, right next to ungodly. So from God's perspective, ungratefulness is not acceptable. So when he says it is the will of God that you be grateful, and that you be grateful in all things and for all things, he is not just simply stating something that has no relevance. Gratitude, we'll define it as this. God and others are responsible for the success in my life. God and others are um, uh, responsible, have contributed to the success in my life. No one is self made. It is always interesting to speak to any successful business person or someone who has just had a job and a career for a long time and have, you know, managed through the, you know, winding and, and moving of business to say, I made it. I did it. I've reached this point on my own. It is actually quite common um, to be self-made. Sort of, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You know, you're, you did it. You were smart enough, strong enough, wise enough. And so you conclude that you made it. And it was all on you. Well, Greyfriendlet says, no, it was God and others contributing to that that brought me to this place. But I'm sure you have met many a person, I certainly have, who take credit for everything that they have been able to accomplish. Thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude to those who have helped along the way. It's that willingness to admit, I couldn't do it on my own. Now, there are some indicators to 
point to what we would call discontentment. You know, it's, it's you know, never quite accepting of the situation. When, um, when things start right, it is so easy to be thankful. So I come up to the uh, airline counter in uh, Managua thinking I have to go to Miami, Miami to London, London to Madrid, Madrid to Alicante. That was already getting me dizzy. And I come up to the counter and the lady says, your plane is late, you're going to get late to Miami, so we're going to rebook you and we're going to send you Miami to Madrid. And I said, I don't have to go to Britain? Oh, good. Don't take it personal. I just want to get home. So at that moment, guess what? You're very grateful. It's so easy to say thank you. Oh, Lord, thank you, yes. 3.30 in the morning, I'm still sitting on the, uh, at the gate, you know, uh, and the plane was supposed to have left, uh, I'm trying to think, 7 p.m. It's 3.30 in the morning when they finally canceled it. <laughs> You're a little more challenged to say thank you, right? I'm thinking of the lady in Managua. You did me no favor. I'd have gladly gone to London. You know, if it meant I got home. It's a little harder at that point to find a reason and a purpose to still say thank you. So, indicators of discontentment. Number one, we have to say that ungratefulness is one who murmurs under breath, has a complaining spirit, only takes self-credit. It's that person that just cannot seem to understand the circumstances around them. Now, that, that brings me to the whole idea of the glass. You know the glass, right? You know the glass? Can we have a glass, please? Now, you know, people say that it's all about whether you're um, optimistic, right? And if you're optimistic, the glass is? Right. But if you're one of those, you know, pessimistic people who just can't quite seem to see things from a good light, they see it, and you're one of them. I don't know which one, but you're one of them. Or not. Unless you've really thought about this and have really come to the conclusion that it's more than just half full or half empty. It is not down to half full or half empty. Hmm. What is the other option? Well, what if we just said it's full, full? I have full, not half empty. It's full, full. Why? Because half of it is liquid and the other half is filled with air. Now, you don't, don't, don't belittle the air. You need it. Without air, you wouldn't be here. As a matter of fact, you are so, you, you're, you're so uh, addicted to air that you never stop breathing. And when you do, 
we say goodbye. So it's really full, full. Now, I, I kind of rearranged the little thought that someone had and rewrote it to say this. This statement resonates with the acceptance of the divine, full, full. It resonates with the acceptance of the divine in our lives. It symbolizes acknowledgement and inclusion of the differences that we face. Now, what would life be if everything was easy? Boring, right? We need a little challenge in our day. It tells me that even the empty space in our life can make our lives complete. Viewing the glasses full full can give us um, opportunity to be content with what we have and at the same time make us strive to change the proportion of liquid to air. The glass is always full of success and failures and learnings. And whatever we fill or don't fill in our glass, it is always full with contentment and opportunity or opportunity. What I'm saying is you cannot see the glass in your life as something is missing. That is what we call the sovereignty of God. That even when you think something is missing, God says, that is because I chose not to put it there yet. So it is always full, full. Unthankfulness is an indicator. It is a symptom. We are unhappy with our job, we're unhappy with our pension, we're unhappy with our spouse, with our house, with our country, with the laws, with the rules, with the government, with society, with the weather. I love talking about the weather. Come around here in January and we're freezing. We think we're gonna die. It got down to a whopping five degrees and we are just ready to be buried. Come around here in August, well, you think this is hot, right? Those of us who stick around. It seems as the indicator to this discontentment is this attitude of unthankfulness, this symptom. So the indicator of discontentment, we seem to forget with the, with the right soil, you can develop an entire harvest of gratitude. Occasionally you'll see the odd movie, you know, where the person has a disability or a problem, right? And in the movie they make them out to be really, really happy, right? And they're annoyingly content. You're watching the movie and everybody around them feels sorry for them and they're saying, Bob, but I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, uh, I still have a house to live in, you know, and you never leave it, but, 
but I'm grateful that I have a house. Or the fellow that's in the wheelchair. Yes, but I'm grateful that downhill I can go faster than you. You know, there's, you know that kind of annoying optimism. But the truth is that it's how we choose to care for the soil that we've been given. Gratitude. On the other hand, if the soil is deprived of its nutrients, its proper elements, there will be no gratitude, but murmuring, complaining, and of course, the real problem, discontentment. So the issue is, of course, contentment. If we are content, then we can be grateful. As I was... As as it all started out, it kind of caught me by surprise. It wasn't really till about 4 a.m. That would have been Sunday, Sunday morning, 4 a.m., that I realized I wasn't seeing my soil in the right way. Because when we were told there is no plane, You guys are going to have to go figure yourselves out. And people started scrambling, saying, well, you got to put a sub. We need a hotel, you know. And then the airline realized they had a bit of a mutiny on their hand. And then they opened uh, some place in the airport for people that had to find their way there. And maybe you'd get a hotel because it was so late and so many rooms had been already given because so many flights had been canceled. And as I was sitting there realizing I was just waiting for a little bus to take me to the hotel, because I had one. God had already provided me one long before my flight was canceled. And as I was watching the people behind me going crazy, and I was quietly waiting for the shuttle to come by so I can get on, I realized that I was looking at this all wrong. And it was time that I said, God, thank you. Thank you that I missed the first flight, or that the first one was late. Thank you they canceled the second one. Thank you they canceled the third one. And thank you that at 4 a.m., I'm not scrambling for a hotel. I'm on my way to one because of my daughter. And so how are you... Care for the soil will matter everything. So what are the obstacles of contentment? There are some obstacles, and we'll look at those very quickly. Discontentment lives in the future. Discontentment lives in the future. This is when we do the, when I do this or get there or do that, I'll, it'll all be right. Or when the, I will, I I will do this, I, I will do that to change my circumstances. You live in the ground of discontentment. Then there's, of course, wealth and prosperity on labor. When you haven't worked for what you have, you seem to forget where it came from. Let me read to you Deuteronomy 6. It's it's a passage in which, as God prepares the Hebrews to go into the promised land, he 
he confronts them with the reality of his provisions. And you think, this is now need. They were in the desert, they got the manna, they, their shoes didn't wear out, he protected them against all sorts of uh, uh, bad uh, lands that wanted to fight with them. Yet he finds himself having to tell them this truth. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of all good things that you did not fill, cisterns you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees you did not plant, And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord. Sometimes when we have not labored properly for our wealth or prosperity, we forget that it all comes from God. And the last thought is mistaken belief of deserving more. We always seem to somehow think we deserve more, more than we have, more than we have gotten. And for this, I wanna remind us of how God tries to teach us this lesson through a parable. It's in Matthew. Uh, When we did our studies of the parables, we, we were here at Matthew chapter 20. And it's uh, verses 1 through 15. If you remember the parable, it's a landowner, rich landowner. And he goes out to get workers. And he goes out at 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m. And then he goes out one last time at 5 p.m. at the 11th hour to get workers. And at the end of the day, which is only about an hour later when the sun is down... He calls the people that he had asked to go to the fields to work and begins to pay them. Now, he had made an agreement. Do you remember? He had made an agreement with those that he picked up at 6 a.m. He said, would you want to come and work, and I'll give you a day's wager. I'll give you one denarii that is a day's, a fair wager for the day's work. And they said, yes, they were happy to just go work. And so he begins by paying those that came in at five. Remember that? The 11th hour. And he gives them one denarii. The others thought, well, if he's giving the guys that only worked about an hour or a little more one denarii, what's he going to give us? And when he gives them one denarii, they complained. Remember that? And they said, you know, we've been out here. We've been dealing with the sun, with the heat of the day. And all you give us is one denarii. And they who just showed up, you gave them one denarii. He said, "Uh, my friend, have I fault you? Have I in some way cheated you? Did you not make an agreement with me for one denarii? So what is it to you if I am generous and choose to give of my wealth to these who came last? It's all a matter of perspective, is it not? Let me ask you a question. Do you really want, do you really think 
you um, deserve. Do you really think you should have all that you deserve? Do you really want God to be just with you? If you think through that, you'll quickly realize that it is by his mercies according to Lamentations. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Gratefulness is realizing that God doesn't give me what I deserve. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, don't give me what I deserve because I am not, I do not reach your holiness, your perfection, your righteousness. So stop comparing to, stop, uh, yeah, comparing to, comparing with others and uh, uh, saying that Satan will uh, somehow, you haven't gotten your share. You know, you, you, you complain and, and you're saying, you know, you know, it's just not been a fair life. And that will take you into bitterness, into anger, into discontentment, unthankfulness. You think, or you buy the story that God has been holding back on you. There are things that are said that just never, you never forget. You've had conversations with people, and probably you can remember 40 years back, things that were said that just never left your mind. I never will forget a gentleman who I knew. I knew his family. I knew his circumstances. And I remember on one occasion we were speaking, and he very convincingly said, God has never blessed me. And I, I thought he was kidding. I really did. God has never blessed me. I thought he was kidding because I, for one, thought he was a very blessed man. What he was saying was, God hasn't given me what I want. God hasn't given me what I deserve. And the truth was, he was a bit of a bitter man not as grateful as he should have been. But if that's how you perceive God, that he just hasn't given you what you deserve, then you'll never understand the soil you were given to plow. An ungrateful heart shows a discontented soul. A discontented soul indicates a rejection of God's word, and God's ways. And somehow you think you could have done it better if, if it was you sitting on the throne. Let me remind you what I think gratitude is. God and others being responsible for the success in your life. God and others being responsible for this success in your life. No one is self-made. When you look at the scriptures and you look at this book that we've been studying on Thursdays, it says that we are a body. 
and we are living rocks and we have been brought together. And what scripture says is we depend on one another. We need one another. And if there is ever a place where that is visible, it is the body of Christ. God and others are responsible for the success in our life. And so as we conclude, may I remind you it is the will of God. It is the will of God to be grateful. It isn't whether the glass is half full or half empty. It's do you understand that it's meant to be in that state and that you accept your condition. And if you have time to fill it more, then fill it more. But remember, because it is the will of God, it isn't half empty, it's full of air. I want to close with this thought and this, uh, this slide. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And I want to read it to you in this way. I give thanks in all circumstances. Now I'm going to ask you to repeat that. Because I want you to walk away with a thought in your heart and mind. That you are to give thanks in all circumstances. So would you say it with me? I give thanks in all circumstances. Now I'm going to ask you, why do you do that? Why should you say, I give thanks in all circumstances? Why? Next slide. For this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Often people ask me, what's the will of God in my life? Well, this is one that is about as clear as you can get. I give thanks in all circumstances For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. So where are you right now? What what ails you? What is it that you think you've been shortened? What has gone wrong? Or what do you think should still be going right? What is it that might right now be robbing you of the joy that is in Christ Jesus? Is it your health? Listen, it's never going to get better. (laughs) We just got to manage it. At this point, you know, we're not in our 20s where we just went out, lifted weights, did a lot of running around, or ate the right foods, and all of a sudden we were, you know, nigh onto Superman. No... At this point, it's called manage it. So, is it your pension? Listen, what you didn't do in the past, you're not going to do now. (laughs) If it's not there, it ain't there. What is it? The truth is nothing. Because you see, the glass is still full. Because over your life, is the will of God. And when I realize the will of God, he is in charge of my life, then I take what I have and I work with it, and I'm grateful for it. Don't compare. Don't think about how others are. 
That doesn't, that just gets you even more depressed. Just say, thank you, Lord. I thank you for what I have, for who I am, for where I am, for what I'm in, for where I am. And you do it because you know it is the will of God. You know, the day just got a little shorter. And uh, I don't know, the air got a little lighter. Able to rest a lot better. Once I said, all right, I'm not going to be at church Sunday morning. Yes, I get where I am right now. And I said, okay, Lord, thank you. I'm not sure why. I don't know the reason. But okay, thank you. And then I thought, yeah, I'm supposed to preach on this next week. <laughs> I said, all right, Lord. We'll work with what we got. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Father, you call us to be grateful. You, you, you speak to us in your word and you communicate to us how unhappy you are when we, as your children, are ungrateful. When we, without knowing without thinking through it or complaining about what you're working out in our lives. So, Father, I would just ask that you would remind us of these truths, even this week, when our heart and our mind would want to take us to a state of non, being unconformed with what we have and upset and allowing ourselves to begrudge, instead to remember, to be thankful in and for all things. Father, thank you for your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the ministry of the International Christian Assembly, a ministry of AMG Spain and AMG International. For more information, please visit our website at www.icatorrevieja.org. This audio file is not copyrighted.